Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. Nothing but net a ten style. We got the head coach for the UMass Minute Women. I guess you go by that, Coach Tori Verdi. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, listen, we're um, we you and me go way back, like early stages of the WNBA, Big Twelve basketball when Nebraska was in a Big Twelve, when you were winning championships and a number one seed. Uh, tell us a little bit about your path and how you got to UMass and the success that you're having so far. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, uh, when I started in the, in the WNBA, just had to, I knew I wanted to be a collegiate head coach, um, so I wanted to get back into the college. And uh, one thing led to another. Uh, Mike Tebow has Nebraska roots. Um, knew Connie Yori. Um, they had a conversation, um, and it's funny because I was actually on my way to interview for a position at St. Joe's with Cindy uh, Griffin, Ooh. and. Uh, kind of York called me and, and I told her where I was going and, you know, most likely was going to accept the job. And she said, whatever you do, don't take the job. I'm flying you in tomorrow. One thing led to another, went, visited and um, took the job at Nebraska. Uh, just really enjoyed my time there. Just, you know, rebuilding that program, um, learned from a, a really good, tough coach, um, what it takes to win. Um, and then, you know, just, took those ingredients to, 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 to uh, Kansas, um, had the opportunity to work with Bonnie uh, Hendrickson as well there and uh, had the opportunity to go to uh, Sweet 16. And, you know, those two successes, those two opportunities to rebuild programs um, got me the opportunity to Eastern Michigan um, as the head coach. And uh, when I was at Eastern Michigan, uh, rebuilt that program and, uh, you know, won and, and, and played in the MAC championship game um, in year three. Um, and success happened really quickly. And I'm from Connecticut originally. And when the UMass job opened up, um, they called me. And, um, you know, obviously I knew a lot about uh, the University of Massachusetts and went and visited and uh, just saw the resources and thought it was a sleeping giant. And uh, from that point on, it was just a no-brainer for me to take that job. I want to take us uh, back to uh, Mike Tebow and him just recently, you know, stepping aside and Eric's taking over the Washington situation in the WNBA. And, you know, Mike has had a lot of great coaches that have worked under and with him in his NBA career, his WNBA career. He's been quite a, uh, a legend on the women's side, um, transitioning from the guy's side to the women's side. What would you say about some of the things that you learned about working with Mike early 20 plus years ago that you still might use today? Oh, I mean, just his ability to think on his feet, you know, always just looking at, you know, the game and always one step ahead um, of the next play. And so, um, but, but I think the biggest thing was his preparation um, and just being prepared and for everything, um, you know, and, and I think that, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, when I was around him, you know, I, I guess I could say perhaps I was intimidated because of, how much he knew. And I thought that I knew about basketball. Um, but when you're around somebody who has so much basketball knowledge and wealth and um, it, it, you, you kind of become small, you know? And so uh, for me personally, I was just a sponge and, 
you know, I just soaked it all in. Um, and I was so fortunate to be with him um, each and every single day, just learning from, you know, I think um, is from one of the best um, uh, women's basketball countries, uh, women's basketball con- uh, coaches in the country. At Boy, that time. I was, I've always looked at you as a, a lifelong learner, right? I mean, you're, you're also um, really curious about stuff, but you're also a great listener. So you have a combination of two things that I think are really important skills for head coaches, because there's times when you got to listen, you said, stand on your feet, you know, make decisions quickly, right? Like, like Mike did. Uh, But there's also times where, you know, you got to, you know, ask why, why things are happening and and think on your feet like that too. So how how do you blend the two, uh, like maybe listening to being curious about what you think might happen next? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think those two ingredients are so important. And I think the third one is patience as well, um, which uh, is really, really hard. You know, it, it's and, and just in my competitive nature, you know, um, when you especially when you take over jobs, you know, and uh, I, I'm so optimistic and I feel like no matter where I go, what I do, I, I feel that, you know, we'll be able to change it, you know, and, and I've always felt and I go back through all my experiences, like the number one thing. Um, is culture and you have to have culture. It doesn't, doesn't matter. You can have the best players. If you don't have culture, you don't love and respect one another. Um, you know, winning doesn't take place. And so as I watched the coaches that, you know, I was around, I watched them, how they developed rapport and relationships with their players and how much they cared about their players. And, you know, I think Mike is just, um, I mean, who he was as a coach, I mean, but as a person, I mean, he, he, he was just unbelievable. And so he had those unbelievable relationships uh, with, um, you know, his players. And they wanted to go out in the court and, and they wanted to do everything possible to be successful. But you got to have those types of environments. You know how we watch people on the sidelines and we think we know something about them and, and we may not really know much about them at all. And when I'm just one more question about your past, because you know, Connie Yori to me was always so cool. Like she just was a cool person, right? She was fun to hang out with. She was fun to talk to. Uh, and she had a great feel for the game. And then Bonnie Hendrickson was, you know, so um, analytic driven, like very numbers, you know, very visual. Like you would, you go in the locker room and there's stuff all over the locker room about visuals. Like there's such an interesting combination of all those different people. Uh, what is your style? Like, are you, you, are you visual or with your players or are you, I know you, you care about the analytics, but I also know you got a really veteran team and you got to keep it interesting for them. I'm sure at times. Well, you do, you, you, you got to keep them on their toes. And I, I think, you know, especially after you won a championship and you have a veteran team, it's almost like they know, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, they think they know a little bit more than you do. Um, but uh, you know, so, uh, they keep me on my toes as well. But, uh, you know, I would just say that, um, you know, the one thing that I think I do is I try to differentiate myself um, and what I do than, you know, my opponents and all the other coaches, you know, in, in the country. You know, I try to outwork them. I've always been about, um, you know, just outworking everybody else. Uh, because to me, that's a controllable, right? You, you, you can't control that, you know? And so what does that mean? It, it means my preparedness for, uh, games, um, you know, how much film I watch, uh, the scattering ports, the detail, how are we going to win, you know, and, and sometimes I, I think my staff looks at me and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm crazy because, um, you know, I probably, you know, 
may do a little bit too much, you know, but like, that's just me. And, and no matter what people say or do, um, you know, I'm always going to do those things. Um, and, and, but at the same point in time, you know, I, I think, you know, I have an, um, you know, I have a great relationship with my players, you know, and uh, they know I love them, um, you know, and they know that I'm very emotional as well. Um, I mean, right. I'm Italian and, 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 you know, we, we eat a lot and, um, we have people over all the time and, um, you know, they're my family. I mean, I spend more time, you know, with my players than I do with my own children. And, and I hate to say that, but that's, that's, it's, it's real. It's that, that's real. And, uh, when I say they're my kids, you know, yes, you know, they're my biological kids, but I also have 14 others um, that I love each and every single day. Um, but it's that type of environment that we have and it's worked for us um, and it's all inclusive. So I, I'm curious about your relationship with Frank Martin, the men's coach at UMass. And uh, I have a good relationship with Frank myself. I have a really great admiration and respect for him, um, not just as a coach, but as a person. And I've got to believe that he has had some sort of influence, not only on you, but the entire UMass athletic department, just because of the kind of guy that he is. What has it been like uh, watching Frank develop his program, and and what have you guys shared as head coaches of the basketball programs? It, it's it's been awesome, and in in you know the funny thing about it is you know I knew of Frank, we've mm -hmm. had some mutual mutual friends, um, but never you know did I ever have a conversation with him, and the day he walked into or the day he walked on campus, and then you know the day that he walked into the Champion Center, which is you know, our practice facility, it was like, I've known him like for 20 years mm -hmm. and, uh, we just hit it off and, uh, we have had great exchanges and, you know, um, you know, he, he talked about my success and, you know, how we're able to do it. And, you know, when, and, you know, they want to, you know, do that on the, on the men's side, even though they've had a ton of history, you know, on the men's side, especially, you know, in the early nineties, in the nineties and so forth, but right. just a great person. Um, you know, just a great family man, but we, I have the opportunity to go down the hall and talk to him whenever I want. If I, if I got basketball questions, if I have, you know, I see something that they're doing, you know, I could go down there, um, and ask him questions. Um, but on the flip side, like he's funny, like people don't know that, like that they're, they're like, you know, they yeah, see his demeanor sometimes on the sideline, but like, he is funny and he's awesome to talk to awesome he, he's just he's special and it's just a matter of time before he uh he flips that and, and, and gets it going in the right direction i mean they're already doing well uh you know this year so uh but just a great counterpart to to be with and uh, and so supportive uh of me in in our women's basketball program as well I always think it's great when the two head coaches get along and, and, you know, now that facilities aren't always an issue and you don't have to share time, you can, you know, things can work out. There's no reason why you can't help each other. And, you know, you've already had success and you mentioned the A-10 championship last year and going to the NCAA tournament again. Um, you're right. There wasn't a lot of history at UMass until you got there. And now you have created uh, a team at the top of the, the standings in the A-10, along with Fordham and along with Rhode Island and St. Joe's and Cindy, you mentioned Cindy earlier, you know, they're, they're coming uh, around, um, you know, they're, they're at the top of the standings right now. What's it been like with your veteran group with Sam Breen preseason pick for A-10 player of the year, 
Destiny and, and Sydney and, and all the uh, veteran players you have, trying to get them to continue to play at that championship level? Yeah, you know, I, I just think that, you know, sometimes like, you know, when, when you win, you think it's going to, you know, it's easy and it's just going to happen again. And, and uh, you know, so through conversations, you know, I remind our team like what we had to do last year. And, you know, last year, all I talked about was winning the day. And I just said, if we come in and win the day, which means we come to practice, we focus, uh, we control the controllables, um, you know, it's going to put us in a position to be successful, um, you know, for when we go and play games. And so it was just like, you know, can we just put together, you know, day after day, week after week, where we're like, hey, we're winning the day every day. And then once you start getting that collection, then you start feeling pretty good about what you're doing and um, you, you start getting momentum. And I think, you know, throughout my, you know, seven years at, at, at UMass, we've played our best basketball down the stretch, you mm -hmm. know. And so our players are always holding on to the rope. Um, you know, they're not letting go. They want to advance, um, you know, and we just got to that point where we were clicking on, you know, all cylinders. But it is hard to remain at the top. Mm -hmm. And we talked about instead of being hunted, you know, we want to be the hunter this year. We want to go out there. We're, you know, everyone talks about like, you're going to get everyone's best. And I'm like, no, they're going to get our best. You know, and I think, you know, with what we did this year and how we scheduled, um, you know, we, we, we played some really tough games. We went down to Tennessee, you know, mm -hmm. played Tennessee down there as a five point game. And we had the ball one possession game and had our opportunities. You know, and then we went and, and, and played Arizona State and beat them and played Missouri without Sidney Taylor. And I thought we could have had some opportunities there to to win as well. But, uh, you know, so we played a tough schedule. We hope that we hope that it would, you know, help us for the 8-10, uh, you know, season. And, um, you know, now right now uh, we're, we're in the thick of things and uh, we have a huge game here on Wednesday against Fordham. But, uh you know, you talked about those teams uh, who we're going to be fighting with each and every single night. And, you know, we just got to stay humble and, uh, you know, we can't be scared to lose games. And I think when you're picked, you know, preseason number one, like you got to live up to that expectation. You're scared to lose. You can't play that way. You got to play to win, you know, and I told my team, as long as we play hard, play smart, we play together and have fun, you know, and whatever the result is, you know, like that, that's good for me. So if that means that we win, great. If we lose and we do all those four things, I'm okay, you guys. But we can't go out on the floor and we can't be scared to lose. You can't play that way because then everyone's going to be so tight. Everyone's going to be scared to make mistakes. I want us to be fluid. I want us to go out there and enjoy the moment. Are you finding that it's harder to keep their focus on the team with all the distraction today that players are dealing with from NIL to – uh, social media to um, even, um, you know, mental health issues that some players may encounter, you know, that you, you can't challenge if they don't feel good. You, you know, I, you know, we can go back into the day when we push the tires up the hill in the snow and, you know, with our bare feet and, you know, all that stuff, but you can't, you, you know, you just can't challenge um, any kid today if they have something that is uh, an issue or an obstacle for them. How do you keep their focus at that high championship level, Tori? You know, it, it's hard. You know, it, it's really hard. And I think it's about, you know, developing that rapport and relationship with the kids. And, 
you know, having, you know, individual meetings and going out to lunch with them individually or within a group. And like, it's really, really hard, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's, you, you got to have a great staff. You got to have a great staff in place because, you know, as the head coach, you can't do it all. You can't do it. I mean, there are days where it's like, you know, I mean, I love the basketball part of it and I love being an assistant coach. I really did. I, I'm like, man, we got to just recruit and then prepare scouts. That, that's all I have to do. Like you don't have to do with, with the media. You don't have to do with all, you know, the problems and, and, and things of that and parents. And, and like, I'm like, I love that part, you know, but as a head coach, like there's so many different things that you have to do um, beyond the basketball part of it. And there's sometimes where like, I can't even dive into the basketball part of it, you know, into the ninth hour, you know, and it's just right. like, you know, as far as scouting goes, like, you know, we finish a game, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, my assistants have, you know, prepared the scout already. And then like, boom, all right, I'm watching our game. And then I got to dive into, you know, three to four films that night, early next morning to get caught up, you know, to what my assistants have already done. So it is hard, you know, but uh, in, in, in everything that's going on, you know, with the NIL and everybody wants to know what's in it for them. And like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And all I could do is you got to have an administration who is super supportive um, and willing to walk with you step by step, in, in which I'm very fortunate I have that. Um, and then I have a veteran, you know, um, uh, staff who, you know, they're, you know, they take things off my plate. And uh, I'm so grateful for that because I could not do what we're doing and we would not be successful if I, if I wasn't surrounded by great people. So one more thing I want to ask you, Tori, sure. because I, I read when I was preparing for our discussion today uh, about Dr. Kathy Coiner, yeah. who just made a significant gift to UMass and to yeah. women's athletics. And she's a former player at UMass uh, before you, obviously, she's a doctor and she's had great success in her career. And she attributes a lot of that to her roots being a basketball player at UMass. When I was reading about that and thinking, you know, about you know, all the landscape in college athletics and, you know, you won a championship last year and it's so hard to repeat and you got great quality character kids on your team. I met them last year when we were in um, Gulf Coast Showcase. Yep. So I've, I've watched those kids. Uh, and, and when you see somebody make a significant contribution back to the university, um, with all the things that you said about working hard and having fun and enjoying the moment and, and staying focused, is there some sort of way that you can take what Dr. Coiner has, I hope I'm saying her name right. You, uh, you are. What, what she gave back to the university and know that there might be a kid on your team right now that, that could do a similar thing 20 years down the road. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, you're trying to give your student athletes an unbelievable, you know, student athlete experience. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not as easy, you know, but for me personally, you know, I'm very transparent. I'm very open. I'm very honest. Um, and I tell it the way it is. And, you know, to me, like the players are going to face adversity at some point in time throughout their career, you know? And so, you know, what I try to do is I, I try to, you know, make sure when they do, they don't run from it, they embrace it. And then they invest themselves even more uh, because that's the difference. Like, like people are scared of, of adversity and people hate constructive criticism. And I tell them constructive criticism is only going to make you 
better. You have to listen to that. And like I said, you have to embrace that. You can't run away from that because it's only going to make you tougher. It's only going to make you make you better. And I think Kathy's experience at UMass as a player um, and, and as a student has, you know, were the roots to why she's so successful in, in, in today's society, in today's world and what she's doing. And I think that, you know, again, it all started on the basketball court, you know, understanding, you know, teamwork, understanding hard work, being disciplined, you know, and all that carried over into the classroom. There was a direct correlation with how hard she worked on the court and in the classroom that prepared her uh, to be as successful as she is uh, today, you know, but as far as you know, our current players and, and coming back in 20 years. Um, I hope that I'm around to see that, um, you know, but, uh, uh, and that's a joke, by the way. but anyways, um, but like, you know, I think that the players, you know, will have that opportunity. And I think Sam Green's one of them, you know, and her story alone to me is, uh, you know, one of the best feel good stories that I've ever been a part of, you know, somebody who, I mean, God, coming out of high school was Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Pennsylvania. And so, like, you're a baller. If, if you're a Gatorade Player of the Year in Pennsylvania, you're a baller. You know, I mean, scoring 3,000 points and, and, you know, and then, you know, you just face some adversity at Penn State and, you know, you transferred to UMass because you trusted me. And uh, next thing you know, you know, you're the A-10 Player of the Year and uh, you're having a lot of fun. And, and to me, you got to have balance. You know, and uh, because it is hard, it, it's hard to be a student athlete nowadays. No question about that. But I think as a coach, you got to figure out how to uh, keep your players engaged um, and, and keep them focused. Uh, but at the same point in time, you got to enjoy what you're doing. Tori Verdi, the head coach at UMass, thank you so much for spending some time with us on Nothing But Net, and we are looking forward to watching a competitive A-10 race through January into February. Thank you, Tori. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.